Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much In this 60-minute masterclass, y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to thehasociety.com forward slash masterclass Or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's thehasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Hey, hey, welcome back to the HA podcast. It's been a while since I just did a little... Uh, teaching episode about some things and how things work and the body and HA and I wanted to talk today about understanding if you've ovulated or not with HA because it's a common question I get um sort of women inside of the HA society for example will send their charts and be like hey I've started looking at my temps and doing recovery I don't know 
if I've ovulated yet? Um, and like, you know, can you look at my chart? Can you help me? So if you're recovering from HA, you're likely not just wondering when your period is coming, but if you understand the importance of a healthy menstrual cycle, you're also wondering, have I ovulated yet? So how do you know if you have, you know, the goal of this episode is for me to help you better understand that if it's something you're not clear on. So if you can hear some breathing loudly in the background, there is a literally a a bulldog (laughs) sleeping on my feet and I think he's going to start snoring every now and then, but just so you know. Okay. So why knowing if you've ovulated is important is because contrary to popular belief, the bleed is not actually the main event of your menstrual cycle, ovulation is, right? It's the star of the show. Ovulation happens when one of your eggs, given to you at birth and nestled into your ovaries, waiting for the day that they get to shine, is selected as the lucky egg of the month. And that's happening in the form of a follicle. So it comes to full maturation and it finally releases, and this is ovulation. It's the start of the egg's journey before heading down the fallopian tube to find sperm, if sperm is present. So one egg releasing and being fertilized by one sperm equals one baby. So of course, you know, in some cases, when it selects two eggs and two sperm manage to fertilize each egg, we get fraternal twins. And then when, you know, when an egg is released and it's fertilized and then it splits into two after that process, we get identical twins, fun stuff. I think there's actually a lot we don't fully understand about the process of twins, but that seems to be the consensus, um, at least for those types of twins. There are a few other types of twins out there too. Twins fascinate me, but okay. So without the event of ovulation, pregnancy cannot happen. And let's face it. It's the body's main objective. Even if it's not your main objective, you know, even if your main objective is to just be a strong, healthy woman who don't need no man, your body is not, its main objective is still (laughs) ovulation and pregnancy. It's just the way that it is, right? So the reason that this is important to know is because a precursor to losing your period is that you stopped ovulating, right? So often you'll stop ovulating, you know, before entirely losing your period. It's just that you can't see ovulation, you know, externally in the way that you can see a bleed. So that becomes the, the triggering event that makes you go, hmm, something's off. And this makes sense as to why we tend to, unfortunately, hyper-focus on getting our period back versus focusing on our ovulation. Because we really notice when our monthly bleed is absent, but ovulation is happening behind the scenes and and we're not noticing that so much. So here's the thing. Okay, this is a common question too. So I just wanna answer this one. If you ovulate, you will bleed. If you bleed, it doesn't mean that you ovulated. That is why it's important to focus on ovulation more than focusing on bleeding. It's actually just not enough to bleed. Other reasons that ovulation is important uh, are that regular ovulation is linked to good overall health, meaning that if you miss it, that's showing us that you're either stressed, 
underfueled, sick, or maybe even overworked. If you're not ovulating, you're at a like at all, right? You're at a greater risk of osteoporosis, stroke, dementia, heart disease, breast cancer long term. You know, these things are things we don't think about as much. And, you know, it makes me so sad because I, I know in my heart of hearts that it's because it's external. Like if you have good menstrual cycle health, no one's congratulating you, high-fiving you, giving you thumbs up, telling you how great your ovulation is, right? But they are about your weight loss. They are about how healthy you are. They are about how good you eat. They are about how much you work out. So saying, hey, I'm going to say no to that external validation so I can get something that no one else can see, but I know is right. That's why it's so hard. It's also part of why we tend to see women taking action mainly often when they're ready to get pregnant. Because as awful as it might be to say, you know, I think there's something connected to you can see my baby and my baby is external validation. You know, yes, is there a longing to be a mother? Yes, do you want that experience? Absolutely. But you also have a longing to be healthy. You know, you also have a longing to not have osteoporosis. You also have a longing to be able to move well and be at low risk of other potential issues. Many, many possible. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> He's snoring. Many, many other possible issues. Um, so, you know, when you think about it that way, you can tell yourself, I'm just doing it because I want to be a mother. But why, you know, interesting, you know what I mean? Interesting that everyone can see the baby. Everyone can see that the baby means you were successful at making the baby. Um, and I've also had many conversations with women where there is a lot of shame and guilt around the inability to have a baby, right? What it means about me, I'm not really a woman. I couldn't start a family. I failed, yada, yada. These are all connected to external things external messages that you've received about what is shameful and what is not right okay so an ovulation what does it mean to not ovulate this is what we call an ovulation when the maturity of that egg we discussed earlier simply doesn't happen it doesn't get mature it just gets skipped ovulation is skipped but you still get your menstrual bleed so Note again that your monthly bleed can deceive you into thinking you're cycling optimally after amenorrhea. Oh, my period comes every 28 days. But if you're not confirming ovulation, you cannot be sure. So when you talk to women who are like, oh, you know, I know I exercise all the time and I diet, 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 and I still get my period every 28 days, show me their chart, prove to me their ovulation, right? And let me see the quality of it if they are ovulating. And let me see how many days their luteal phase is if they are ovulating right? It's not enough to just bleed. So how does anovulation happen? To begin, this process starts at the hypothalamus. So your hypothalamus sends a signal to the ovaries to produce estrogen and gear up for ovulation. So naturally, when our estrogen production is suppressed, hello, HA, there is not enough to trigger ovulation to happen. One of the two things 
or one of two things will happen depending on how the rest of your hormones are going. So one, the first thing that might happen is nothing. Your estrogen was so low that nothing happened. You have HA and it's all tumbleweeds down there. It's dry as a bone. It's a desert, right? The other thing that can happen is your body had some hormonal production. It tried to ovulate. It didn't have anything that it actually needed to ovulate. So it decided to move on and not ovulate, not PASCO, not collect $200. You know what I mean? It does, however, bleed, right? The uterus does bleed. You do get a period because you just had enough estrogen to build up a uterine lining, right? What baby is implanted into that if there is no baby every month, it's going to come out in the form of blood. You did have enough to build that, but you did not have enough. um, You did not have enough hormonal activity to actually ovulate, you know, but you did have just enough sort of progesterone to make it shed because it does have to come out eventually, right? Um, and I might mention this again somewhere, but just in case I don't, for those eggs that have matured somewhat but don't come to full maturation and ovulation never happens, they are being reabsorbed into the um, ovary and that's it. Like they're gone. You know, you only get so many eggs, you only get so many attempts. So they just kind of reabsorb and, and the body tries to start the process again with a new follicle so as you can imagine an ovulation is common in recovering ha is because you've gone from zero reproductive hormones to some reproductive hormones it often takes time and or a bit more recovery work to get your body to complete a cycle at 100 functionality we remind people that the cycle is a positive feedback loop meaning um you know, one cycle makes the next cycle better, feeds into the next one, makes that one better, and so on. So how to know if you've ovulated? This is the question. Like, okay, I get it. But how do I know? So a rule of thumb that I find myself repeating to clients over and over again is this. You cannot confirm ovulation until after it's happened. So don't send me your chart being like, hey, does it look like ovulation's about to happen? Like, maybe, right? Because we have some signs... Um, that it could be about to happen, but I cannot tell you is like for definite. Absolutely not. Especially if you've never had a period, like, or you haven't had a period in a long time, you know, we don't have any historical data to go off, but once you've had a, a number of cycles time over time, you can get a little more predicty and kind of trust your predictions, right? Cause you have historical information to base that off, but you just cannot accurately predict ovulation. Like you can only make your best educated guess. So I've broken these tips down into ovulation predictors, but note they are not really always accurate predictors. They're just a guide. Um, and I've also, and then I'll talk about the ovulation confirmers. Does that make sense? So here's what you can look at to show like, oh, maybe I'm about to ovulate. Um, and here's what you actually need to confirm that you did for sure. Okay. So first of all, mucus patterns okay, is a helpful predictor of ovulation that's approaching. If you're seeing cervical mucus of any kind, your ovulation window might be approaching. If you're seeing peak mucus signs, right, versus non-peak mucus signs, you might be even more likely, right, like we're seeing that 
that really clear, obvious peak mucus versus that non-peak mucus. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, we do have a mini course. Um, it's like $37 and I take you through the process of learning how to do the fertility awareness method um, for HA. And if you're a current member of the HA Society, you can actually find it for only $10 um, in the inside of the group. So depending on who you are, you can go to the hasociety.com for the store and find it, or you can log into the HA Society if you're a member and purchase it there uh, for 10 bucks because you're already a paying member. Pretty cool. Okay. Hey, do you know what your blind spots are? As in, do you know what it is, what the thing is that is holding you back from getting your period back? Look, it could be an absolute plethora cornucopia of things, but in our practice, what we tend, the first place we tend to go is what behaviors and habits do you have around food that you may be still doing? And these are called blind spots because we just don't necessarily always know that they're an unhelpful habit or that it's something that we're doing, whether it be a subconscious or conscious need to control our food or our body, or whether it be something that you've just done for so long that it feels normal and like a preference even. We have created a checklist. It's a three-page checklist that goes through food types, behaviors around food, and mindsets around food. And what you do is you go through the lists and you check off and you see which ones are you doing, whether it be daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and how are they potentially affecting your recovery today? So it's a really simple checklist. It's just three pages. You go through it. There's a very simple scoring system to help you figure out um, how much this may be impacting your recovery. And it's just an insightful thing for you to do to help you reflect and then you can journal about it or you can learn more about it and just start really working at any of the boxes that you checked and understanding that they're playing a role in your recovery so to get the checklist all you have to do is go to the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and we'll send it straight through to you you can print it off And you can check on it every now and then. I always recommend a reflection point every like four to six weeks. How are you going? Are you still checking that behavior off or have you, you know, systematically kicked it to the curb? So check it out. It's the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and it will be waiting for you there. Cervical position. If you feel your cervical position start to change right so literally you're in you're entering your finger into your vagina you're you're feeling for the position and opening of your cervix you can actually identify changes from being slightly more open or slightly more close slightly higher slightly lower again i go over this in the mini course inside of um the ha society that just goes over how these work right like how to check your cervical position however with ha i um i less commonly recommend cervical position checking unless you fit into a certain category because uh you know with ha nothing's really changing for a while potentially so you don't know what you're looking for so it's not as obvious cervical position checking takes a few cycles to get used to whereas cervical mucus is like objective i know i'm definitely seeing this yes or no 
Okay, another predictor tool are LH strips, ovulation predictor kits, right? If you're using LH strips or ovulation predictor kits, essentially these are P-tests that look for signs of luteinizing hormone. Um, they can show you if you're having a surge of luteinizing hormone. But um, you, you, know, you might be about to ovulate again. People put a lot of stock in like the LH strip said I was going to ovulate. The OPK, it said I'm going to ovulate. So like, what is happening? When you have HA, like it legit might say you're going to and then you don't. It's called a follicular wave. We see it all the time. Nine times out of ten, I tell people to just stop spending their money on this kind of thing unless they fit into a category of women that it actually makes sense for. Um, Kind of like the cervical position checking. They are they are pretty helpful. Like a lot of the time, what they say is legit, but they just they can be wrong. Um, and I have an Instagram post about why LH strips are not one hundred percent reliable. So I will try to link that into the show notes if you want the details on like why we don't fully recommend LH strips for HA specifically. Okay, and then the last one here for the predictor. I suppose also. I might add in here, actually, I might add in here blood work, right? You could roll the dice and get the Hail Mary of blood work that um, shows you your um, your hormones, all of your hormones at peak levels for ovulation. And your doctor might be like, oh, wow, right? But by the time you get the test, the blood test back, you would have already ovulated. Um, it possibly could be not ovulation in early HA, but no, typically for the absolute most part blood tests will confirm it but like you would have to be lucky like you would by accident you would get the blood test at the exact right time you know what i mean so it's not something you can really actively do then of course there's the ultrasound the last one here so if you're getting a regular ultrasound to track the progress of a developing follicle and uterine lining thickness and it looks like that is that they're both already at full maturity you're likely going to ovulate soon. So they can kind of measure a follicle and be like, oh my gosh, it's at size. It's almost there. This one's probably going to rupture. Um, and then it really just depends on like who's who's um, looking at it, right? So if someone who is like a doctor ultrasound check who's not fully, um, doesn't completely understand HA, they might look at it and be like, you're definitely going to ovulate, right? Because it's like, look at this. It's 14 millimeters, like it's on its way it's there and then you might not ovulate and be confused again you you weren't able to go the full way but they're not always used to seeing ha right so you know unless it's like really up there like 18 19 20 21 millimeters i'm not i'm not going to use the ultrasound to be 100 sure but if they are seeing like you went from zero follicles to doing a follow-up ultrasound and now you have something that's like a pretty solid size and you have a uterine lining building up. The reality is you probably have cervical mucus at the same time as that, right? So once a, a follicle gets to a certain size, you're going to see cervical mucus. So you already have that information. <laughs> this is why we use the fertility awareness method as a diagnostic tool because um, I can line up the signs and symptoms you're seeing with the elaborate lab tests that you're getting. And be like, yeah, that tracks. Nine times out of ten. That was the bulldog again. Um, okay. Now, 
if you notice a few of the above mentioned symptoms at once, you know, you're definitely getting closer. So the more of those things that are lining up, mucus, maybe an ultrasound, maybe an LH strip, maybe a, um, a cervical position, like all happening at the same time, that's a better predictor than just one of those things. But let's talk about like ovulation confirmers, right? So ovulation's been done and gone. This is the only time where we can be 100% sure of what happened. I'm taking a drink. All right. So ovulation confirmers, basal body shifts, right? Basal body temperature. When you track your temperature in the morning, you're going to notice that you're generally around the same temperature all the time. If you're not crazy up and down, you know, consult a professional. When you notice that temperature, that, that that temperature shift has gone almost a whole degree or so higher, right? So from like 97.5 Fahrenheit to 98.2 Fahrenheit, like something quite substantial when you look at it on a chart. If you don't chart, this is mumbo jumbo, right? I recommend doing my course if you haven't to kind of put this into perspective so you can start using this tool for your recovery. But if you're following me, let's keep going. When you notice that temperature shift go from like 97.5 to 98 and it stays that way for three days in a row and all three days are higher than the previous consecutive six, you can confirm ovulation. There are occasions where it looks like ovulation and it's not. Usually the temperature is not going to be high enough. We, and so we can't be 100% sure or you already have a history of erratic temperatures. So we want to wait more days. But the average healthy cycle where everything looks pretty textbook, that's how we confirm ovulation. But if things are hard for you because you are still dealing with hormonal issues, um, definitely get some help with it. You know, uh, make sure that someone who knows what they're talking about, knows how to use the chart as a diagnostic tool, is reviewing and giving you feedback. This takes practice, right? You should learn all of the rules and you should work with someone or do our course to like fully understand how to use the temperatures to confirm ovulation. Otherwise, it might just stress you out, <laughs> truthfully. Okay, the other confirmation tool is a clear readable mucus pattern that went from existing to being dry, which is not very common on a first recovery cycle. So be warned. If your mucus pattern is fitting the optimal parameters, which is about three to five days of mucus that progresses relatively consistently from non-peak mucus to peak mucus. And again, if you don't know the differences, look like definitely deep dive into that. Um, our course covers this, but if you have the mucus that gradually goes from non-peak to peak, followed by an abrupt stop in mucus production altogether, you can be more confident that you've ovulated. Um, the thing with this is, again, it does take practice. There are rules to it. You know, you can't go from, you can't see mucus, have a dry day, see more mucus, have two dry days. Like that happens with HA and ovulation did happen. But seeing breakthrough mucus post ovulation is a sign of low progesterone, things like that. That's thing, what we're looking out for. It's honestly very uncommon for someone with HA to be able to confirm ovulation on mucus alone. But down the track, that is something that you actually can do. Um, but like I mentioned with that positive feedback loop, the body needs a few turns at cycling before you're going to see a textbook cycle and mucus pattern. 
Okay, another confirmer is the cervical position. So another one that's in both the predictor and the confirmer. If you feel your cervical position completely change and you notice all of a sudden out of nowhere, you're checking it and you're checking it and it was feeling kind of different every now and then, but boom, it's gone from closed to open with an internal check. And then you've checked again, like the next day and it's gone closed, right? Something like that. You'll be confident that you've ovulated. We went from closed to open the height, the angle that I'm feeling when I check my cervix has changed. That might be, that might be a sign that you ovulated and I would use multiple. I practice the syntothermal method, meaning there are more than one, one way to assess um, ovulation, but there are methods that are mucus only. For example, I just don't recommend them until you've been cycling more regularly. Okay. And then the last one for confirming ovulation again is ultrasound. So you'll be able to see on an ultrasound if you ovulated. The thing with this is it's, there are very few. Um, I think it's called a follicular se ultrasound series or something like that. They're not very common places that do them. Um, but yeah, to like get ultrasounds regularly so your doctor can help you look for a, a ovulated egg is not very common. So it's not really going to be as simple as walking into your OBGYN and being like, hey, can you ultrasound me and just like see what my ovaries are doing? They might more often than not want it to be their idea. Um, but just so you know, I mean, technically it's a way, right? It's a way. running out of breath guys but we're nearly done so let's let's talk about what to do if you're not ovulating because something you guys care about <laughs> and watch out because it's not gonna it's not really gonna rock anyone's world it's again so many of the fundamental things that i talk about all the time you know on this show um, the main pillars that we do assess with many of our clients. And of course, if these things aren't working for you or you have doubts about any of these things, definitely work with you know us and we can look further past these. But these are the things that we would at least want you to try and tackle um, if you plan on DIYing your recovery. You know, that these are oftentimes, I get messages all the time, right? Where people are like, I followed your advice and I got my period and that was great. So follow our advice and maybe you'll ovulate too. All right. So a number of things can affect your body's ability to ovulate. So by no means, right. Am I going to be chalking it up to these issues alone? But in our work with HA and what we see in practice as users of the fertility awareness method, improving these areas are going to yield the best results for most people. So of course, assess your caffeine intake, you know, start with stimulants. If you have a period, but you're not ovulating, Start with stimulants, coffee, tea, caffeine tablets. They're causing you and your hypothalamus stress, right? So try ditching that, see what happens. Assess your caloric intake. Under eating, focusing on clean eating, eating the same foods every single day, 365 days a year. These behaviors can result in eating less than your body needs to successfully ovulate. So that's a big one. The third one, um, Assessing your energy expenditure. So if you're exercising five to seven days a week, maybe even three to four, maybe even two to three, this can have a bigger strain on our body than we realize. 
working out that often in particular in five to like seven days has been normalized in our culture, right? But when you combine it with the frequency, volume, and intensity that most people are pushing their body, that's when it becomes a problem. So regular exercise should not be consistently strenuous or jammed inside of a fully packed schedule. It shouldn't be exhausting to work out and it shouldn't leave you breathless and burned out every single day. This will affect ovulation every time. Okay. Number four, assess your stress. So aside from stress, like in particular, aside from the stress of nutrition and exercise, right? Life stresses play a really big role. So are you trying to close on a house? Did you just lose a loved one? Do you have a wild travel schedule, even if it's a fun one? The state of the world might even have you feeling a certain kind of way, right? These cannot be ignored. So we have to focus on your parasympathetic state. Breathe deeply, meditate if you need to, and for the love of all things that are good and holy, please start saying no to things. Relax and remove unnecessary responsibility and stresses from your plate. Stop saying yes to everything. You need to have empty space during recovery to just like stare at the ceiling and ponder life. All right. Recovery and ovulation are no time to be messing around and testing the body's limits. Okay, so a couple more tips that we have for you guys are selfless, selfish plugs, but working with a coach is important. We wouldn't do this work if we didn't think that it was not game changing for anyone who's really struggling to make these actual changes and kind of put past, like, put, get past the stories in their head that, like, it's not okay for them to rest or, oh, but I'm actually not doing that much exercise or I am actually eating enough, like, if that's you, you you need this help, right? And identifying ovulation and the possible causes of anovulation just isn't that easy sometimes. But, sorry about the talk. But with a bit of guidance, you can become a pro and have this knowledge for life. So I recommend that working with a recovery coach who uses FAM like we do in our practice. So it could be us, it could be one of our FAM certified students, um, they're going to help you the most to not just recover, but equip you with actual tools and science and understanding that of how you need to actually make changes for your menstrual health forever. And someone who really has the soft skills to hear you and understand where you're coming from and that it's not just that easy, that it's like an emotional and mental hurdle to do so right? If working with a coach, right? And you can do that. You can learn about that at the hasociety.com forward slash coaching. If that's a little sort of out of your range right now, no worries. We have something called the period recovery game planner. I designed this ages ago to help women figure out what areas of their recovery might be blind spots for them. Um, And it's just a really great checklist tool. Like, I mean, I charge for it because it's really like one of the fundamental sort of uh, when I sat back and I was like if I were to put our tier one triage for a new client into a workbook what would that be and that's this period recovery game planner so you can find that at the hasociety.com forward slash store along with that um that 
for um, uh, fam course that I was talking about, that is there as well. And I will mention now that we're talking about it, that we have the DIY restore program. So it's not the live group program, but the one that is self-paced. Um, you go through our restore program, it's 10 modules and it has a, a year access to the HA society. It also comes with the period recovery game planner as a part of that course. So those are a ton of options for you guys. You can find out about that at the hasociety.com forward slash restore. Or just go to our website, click around, you know, look at all the things, find out what's right for you. We have so much stuff um, for all of you guys to try. And I hope this was helpful. And ovulation, you know, is important to identify y'all. So get on top of it. I'll see you guys next week. Everyone have a great day. Hey there, it's me, Danny, and I want to tell you about TempDrop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device, so you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are, and that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping. But once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs. And then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period. And if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy or you want to chart for health reasons, like HA recovery, making sure your cycle's not slipping back in the HA direction, TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop, and we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code so just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code afha society i think too if you just go to tempdrop.com and and use 
um, AFHA Society at the checkout. That will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other, like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, Eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef. And my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient-rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.